Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. Um, today, we have a return guest. Uh, her name is Lorraine Cladish, and we talked a few months ago about her midlife reinvention and kind of reliving or rebuilding her life from scratch, basically, in midlife, uh, which was a fascinating conversation. And today, we're here to have what I think is even more of a fascinating, fascinating conversation. So, Lorraine is the owner and creator of Viva 50 Media, which is all about positive aging. So she's also an author who's written how many books now? Like Almost I always 20. get this wrong. I think Almost 20. 20? <laughs> I think <Okay>. 20. <laughs> she's written 20 books and she has started recently posting on her, on her Instagram about a topic that I is so I think is so brave and so beautiful. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today. And that was around body image and aging. So um, some of her posts, I was just saying to her before we got started, I'm reading the comments of her posts and she's sharing a perspective, which we will definitely get to, that has so many women, pretty much every person who follows her, like doing a giant exhale and like a big sigh of relief for somebody who's actually talking about the real the real, real pictures and the real, real images of what an aging body looks like. And she's talking about it with grace and with courage. And it's so beautiful to watch. So welcome, Lorraine. I am so happy to have you back. And I'm happy to be here, as you know. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit of your own story? And I know you have uh, a long history with body, body image and eating disorders and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of your story, your struggle with that? And then we can kind of get into your acceptance moving forward, which I think is just so beautiful. Of course. I'll try to summarize it because it's so long. When you're yeah. almost 57, that, that can be a very long story. <laughs> but yeah. Basically, at around 15 or 16, I started having issues like in the, in the sense that, you know, I well, grew up and my body changed. And I went from feeling that I was too skinny and I was bullied in school for being too skinny. And suddenly a friend told me, oh, your thighs are big or fat or whatever. And I was raised in Spain where people just say whatever or used to say whatever to your face. So that was a little hard to deal with. And so at some point I went on some silly diet and that triggered a whole, well, 20 years of a very, very severe eating disorder. And it uh, took me from being really thin to being overweight, to being to clinical depression, to anxiety, bulimia, anorexia, you name it. And so I spent the next 20 years on and off. I mean, it was way more severe as a younger woman. And I kind of got a handle on them. Then I would relapse again and so on and so forth. Until when I was, I always made a living with words. And so as I wanted to be a writer, I wanted to write a novel, but nothing would come out. And then I realized that until I wrote about my struggle with my eating disorder and uh, bulimia and anorexia and all this, 
I was not going to be able to, to write anything else. And also I was by then 29 and I thought I really want to do something that makes a difference in my life or you know, just something that I feel is important before I turn 30. And I did. And I wrote my whole story about um, bulimia back then. Nobody knew what it was in Spain. It is a very, very graphic book, which has been criticized and praised for that uh, equally because, you know, I thought it was very important to give very personal and very specific details because just saying, and I'm not going to do that right here because that's not the topic of, of our conversation. But the point is, if, if you give specific examples and people are like, whoa, that's way worse than I ever thought it was sort of could be, for example. So I've struggled with my body image and my self-worth my entire life. I kind of got a handle on it way after the book was published. In fact, it got so much attention that in Spain, on national TV, um, newspapers, press, you name it that I relapsed because it was a mm. tremendous pressure to feel like, oh, whoa, yeah. I'm being you know, put out there as this person. And I was not recovered. And so then in Spain, a number of my books centered around that because publishers wanted more of that, but that was at the expense of my own mental health. So I decided that I was not going to continue accepting TV um, you know, interviews or anything if unless they talked about my other books or something else, you know, not about how much money did you spend on food or did you throw up in public bathrooms or th that was not what I wanted to talk about anymore. And I, I, I was able to do that. I mean, it's hard for a younger person to put your ego aside and not get the attention, but I somehow was able to do that. And when I wanted to become a mom, I, I always did, but, but when I was married and really set out to let's get ready to get pregnant, I was in my mid-30s, and honestly, being a mother saved my life. It saved, it, it saved my self-worth. I was so ready to like be that person for someone else that I wasn't able to be for myself. Mm. Like I wanted to be that mother that would raise self-confident kids who did not have eating disorders, <laughs> who loved themselves. And I can say now, having a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old, that's so far so good. That said... I know that most people with eating disorders and self-image issues and body dysmorphia, which is when you see your body, like you don't see it the way it is. Like I couldn't be right. stick thin. I, could, I, I still saw myself as being overweight or, or ugly or what have you. But it, it is a real distortion. And it's very, very hard to get a grip on. So when I realized, wow, my body is doing this. I am having a child. It's growing. And then, you know, after pregnancy, of course, you're not back where you were. But in my very particular case, because it's not always uh, true, it did not trigger a, a further problem. It was mm -hmm. like healing for me. Most of the time, and I don't want to put this out there, uh, pregnancy and childbirth can actually worsen these right. issues for many women. So I know that I'm an, uh, an outlier and I do want to acknowledge that. And so anyway, so I had my kids and I'm 30 some and I'm, I'm so busy raising them and, and filled with awe of what my body can do and what I am able to do as raising these children that eventually it almost becomes like second nature to love myself, which is great, you know, after a lifetime of, of dealing with depression, as I said, and you know, not liking my body and, and hating it to the point that I would actually injure it. Oh. And I was, I didn't even know that. I mean, nowadays people talk about cutters. Mm -hmm. And when people say that, oh, that has a name, what I used to do has a name. And I got recently, I don't see it, but months ago, I got a tattoo for this arm because this is the arm I used to harm. And I'm like, well, guess what? I won. I don't do that anymore. So I hated this body. I don't anymore. 
And anyway, so here we all are happy, you know, that, okay, I love my body, I love myself, blah, blah. As you know, and we already discussed this, I lose everything in the recession here, lose my marriage, blah, 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 blah. Meet the love of my life. Here we are. I turn 50. I'm all happy. I'm in the best shape ever. Uh, financially and professionally doing amazing. All this is absolutely wonderful. But in the middle of all this, eventually, of course, I have the worst menopause symptoms ever. Um, mm. This kind of threatens to do away with all that wonderfulness that I had um, <laughs> right. achieved mentally, emotionally, and physically. Right. And then I decide to become a yoga teacher, mostly for the philosophy and for all this. You know, I lose a lot of, a lot of friends, like three friends. I've lost them to cancer in the past two years. That was really hard to deal with. And, mm-hmm. and some of them younger than myself, one of them, my best friend. So anyway, all this puts everything in perspective. And I'm on this way to, you know, self-discovery and all this stuff, good stuff. But then time keeps going on. Right. And as much, and then COVID comes around too. And um, yeah. so wow. before that, even, even before that. But it's, it's this realization where I was like, little by little, I had stopped doing certain things like, wear short shorts in public like I would wear them around the house maybe or do certain things but but, you know I found myself looking for dresses that would cover my legs because one day I looked at them I'm like oh my goodness I've always worked out I've always practiced sports and now my legs are shot like I I would have to spend five hours at the gym for them to look like they did you know when I was complaining about when I was younger and then the revelation was Oh, and then I gave away any dress that hit above the knee because I was like, well, my knees are really, I mean, and it was, it's not just thinking, hey, my knees look like whatever, they look old. It was somehow as if that made me less of a valuable woman. Like, oh, crap, <sighs> now I'm starting to age and it's starting to show. Like, right. here I am, I am telling everybody being 50 is great, but I'm not 50 anymore. I'm almost 57. So when people say over 50, I always say, well, that's very relative because you know, you can be over 50 and be 80, or you can be over 50 and be 51, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, true. so I was like, whoa, being 57 almost is not like being 50 at all, zero like it. And so I started feeling this shame around, yeah, like, hey, I take care of myself. I'm telling people I love myself. I overcame all this. And now suddenly I'm bothered by the wrinkles in my neck, by the wrinkles in my legs. One day, my husband, who takes all my photos for online, basically, but he's a professional photographer, so we, we have photo shoots and this and that. So it's it's a controlled setting. Mm-hmm. And one day we're at the beach, and I said, "Could you please use my iPhone? This is not a photo shoot." And take some pictures of me doing yoga here at the shore and all that. When I saw those pictures, I was appalled. <laughs> I of course did not see a taut belly. I could see, you know, my hormone patch, my belly hanging, my um, arms just flabby and I'm like what is up with all of this and I was very ashamed I was like man if any of those people who see me on Instagram they meet me in person how embarrassing they're gonna see all this another mm. time was when I went to I did a, a couple of yoga videos for ARP in their in the studio um, in DC last year and when I saw the videos again because when the ones I do at home are in a controlled environment where I control the light I can publish it or not and there's all these close-ups of my feet and the varicose veins and the neck and I'm like oh my god now everybody's gonna know what I really look like and then I'm like oh what the heck no 
they already know. I'm the one who didn't realize this. They right. already know what I look like. And then, you know, it's like, so why does it matter? So a few days later, I posted the photos. And I posted the photo of myself like a, with a front-facing camera, the iPhone, which of course makes it look much better. And I'm standing tall and I have direct sunlight. So I look like, well, like I could be a good 10 years younger. And then you flip through the others and you see the reality, which is what I see. And then more recently, which was, I think, only a month ago, is, you know, here I am again. It's hot in Florida. And I decide to do yoga in a bikini in my backyard. And when I got in down dog, downward dog, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is like a monstrosity. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really, really hard because it's like, okay, this is really, really about my way to aging, which, which I should be very happy about. And I am happy about, but it's really hard to come to that realization of, wow, I am actually seeing this and I'm showing these other pictures where I'm posing, but this is not what I'm seeing all the time. And so, you know, before getting caught up in that, I thought, you know, I spent 20 years battling self-image and self-worth and self-love. I'm not going to go down that path again. I can't. For me, for my children, for other women, Mm -hmm. just this life is too short really to do it again at this stage of the game. And so I did share with you, yeah, that I was a little bit, you know, scared of posting that photo. And then afterwards, I showed it to my husband because he, he always makes fun of how I say, is my sack show, uh, showing? Uh, can you, is my neck okay? Is my, <laughs> right. And then, so he's like, whoa, that's great. He said, you posted this? And I was like, yeah. So then later we took some photos and I said, I would like you, you know, I said, you know how I always ask you, is this showing? Is that showing? Is my belly hanging or whatever? Could we please just do a photo shoot where it doesn't matter? And he said, so basically what you want are honest photos. A guy, that's a guy talking. And I was like, yes, I guess that's what I want. <laughs> honest photos. Right. Not that the ones I usually take aren't honest, but I do make sure that I'm, you know, on my best side and using, you know, clothes I like and pumping my muscles and, you know, making sure that my belly was looking good and whatever. And, and so I, I just thought, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of that. It's not going to go away. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And as you said, my God, the first photo that I posted with the downward dog photo where everything is just there hanging, so many women were like, that's what I see as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it was interesting to me as well, because that photo, I think, went viral. Like I saw it it kind of spreading (laughs) far and wide. And it was And it was an incredibly beautiful photo. And I think the honesty that came out of that, like the honesty that was portrayed in that photo just resonated with so many women because, you know, we are all struggling to some degree or other. I like, uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a woman who, you know, is in her fifties, who's not struggling with some aspect of how her body has changed, whether it's the hair, the skin, the knees, the whatever it is. And you know, there's a lot out there on the body positive movement, but the body positive movement hasn't really got to the point of age, right? Like, so there's a lot of talk about, you know, weight and different types of bodies and different abilities, which is all fantastic, but nowhere yet, and this maybe it was just me, but nowhere yet had I seen that honest portrayal of the, of an aging body. And again, I, like I said before, I saw all of these women just like exhaling, like a major sigh of relief for like, oh my God, finally somebody's talking about it and I'm not alone. 
And this was the part that I saw, and I saw this in all, like I was reading all of your comments and I saw that time and time again, that like people were like, oh yeah, me too, me too. I feel the same way. And so starting that conversation, I think was beautiful. It was so beautiful. So, I mean, like you are healthy, you are fit, you're a yogi. I mean, you have posted stuff before about like all of the things that, that your body can do. Why is it that you think we are so focused, even though like, for example, you have a body that can do all of these amazing things that probably people half your age couldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like why, yeah, why, why do we downplay that so much and become so focused on, you know, what our skin looks like or whether our knees are wrinkling? <laughs> I quite honestly feel that it's learned behavior because I definitely learned the not loving myself part from my female elders. And I, you know, I love them. And my grandmother who raised me is not no longer around. I mean, she was 102 when she passed two years ago, but, but she, I mean, they were always complaining of my dad's wife that, you know, they didn't like their body. They were on diets all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's a, I feel it's a learned behavior, but for me, afterwards like I come from a, a little bit of a vain family you know that's a little bit or a lot focused on looks and I thought I don't want to be that person you know I already suffered for it for most of my life then I had a really good run for another 20 years and now I'm not going back to that and that doesn't mean however that I'm going to let myself go if you want to I mean I don't want to be yeah. like sound mean yeah. but I, I just mean that like I exercise and all that because as you just said doing handstands or arm balances or whatever makes me feel powerful. Mm, And if I am ever bothered by the, oh, my neck is sagging, then I'm like, but I can do this. And that also helps me cope with COVID and things that are beyond my control. It's like, okay, I cannot control any of that, but I can control, you know, to a certain extent, obviously, how my body is mobile and feels and can do certain things. And because for me, that permeates into the rest of my life. And if I feel good and strong in one area, it usually helps me be okay and strong in almost yeah. every other area. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, so, it's learned. It's learned and it's learned. It's learned for sure. And it's portrayed to us in media. Like, for example, mm-hmm. we're starting to see uh, older women, you know, in beauty brand campaigns mm-hmm. and things like that. But still the focus is on how she looks. And again, the right angle, the right yeah. image and things like that. And like, okay, nobody at home has that lighting. <laughs> nobody has, you know. All, all of that stuff. And so we look in the mirror and there's this like comparison that says, oh, I'm age- I must be not aging correctly because I don't look like this woman who's in her 60s or 70s on the cover of that magazine, right? So it, it's still being served up to us daily about how we're supposed to age, right? Like how well, we're supposed to look. It's more like, here's what I, and as you're speaking, this is what I'm thinking, that the reason why we haven't seen a lot of body positivity around aging is because social media has not been around for that long. True. And I do think that older generations are a little more, you know, well, just to give you an example, my own family, my brother was writing to, who's in Spain, was writing to my sister. We're all in our past 40, definitely. You know, and I'm past 50, and so my sister, and they're like, what's up with the pictures that Lorraine is posting? <laughs> it's like right. a source of embarrassment, you know, for the family. So it's like we're all aging now. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens when the younger generations get to mm-hmm. this age, because I'm sure they're not going to like take it lying down. They're no. going to be out there 
saying, you know, this is us and this is us looking like this and feeling like this and we're, we're here for it. It's just a little more difficult. Just as it is, there's a little bit of stigma or a lot of stigma still about talking about mental health, which I also discuss, or any other situation, I think there's a lot of stigma about burying your body. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, fully. very true. And so, you know, it's like, and I'm sure people don't comment. I'm very lucky that I don't get a lot of mean comments, if any, but but I'm sure there are people wondering, why is she posting this? You know, a couple of women did, did hint to that. They, they were like, why would you show that on flatter inside of yourself? And I was thinking, you know what? What I'm starting to realize is the more I look online at women of all sorts, the more pleasing it is. Yes. It's yes. like, you know, when, when bell bottoms made a comeback, I didn't want to wear a pair again. But then you start seeing them and you see them and you see them and you finally you buy a pair again. Yeah. <laughs> we become, well, we become a little desensitized, right? Well, so, so it, feel, it almost looks, anything that maybe looked ugly before becomes, oh, well, maybe it's not that bad. So I think it, it's the same with wrinkles. It's the same with gray hair. It's the same with almost anything, you know, like thoughts on the skin, like why... Am I trying to hide this more? Like instead of perhaps I don't think it's ugly, but I'm thinking that most people are going to think it's ugly and especially younger people. But I also feel that if I'm not acknowledging everything that happens as I grow older and how we're just going to have to accept it or have a, a full body tuck or something, (laughs) you know, or just have a lift and put it all in a big ponytail on top. Yes. (laughs) And that's all my extra skin, right? Um, you know, there there has to be a way to to support each other, one another, because we we really are in this together. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, well, and I feel like the like the work that you are doing and the images that you're putting out, like because now younger people are seeing this, obviously, and they're saying, "Oh, this is what a body looks like." But mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, because like a lot of people, and I remember very clearly, like when I was in probably my early 20s and going into like a gym or a sauna and there was older naked women there and being like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, because I had never seen that before, right? And if you don't see it and you have no frame of reference for it, it's, it, it's jarring. And it's like, and I remember saying to my friend, it's like, oh my God, is that what we're going to look like? And being yeah. like horrified by it, right? And, you know, it's so I think I feel like when people are seeing more and more images of what real aging bodies looks like, that there's not this shock value. There's not this, you know, like, oh, my God, what's happening to my body? I must be abnormal because my knees are wrinkling when really everybody on the planet's knees are wrinkling every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're just not exposed to it. Like we have, again, a, a standard of what we've been exposed to that's incredibly narrow. Right. Like yeah. shapes and sizes but- and ab- abilities and all kinds of things. One thing I've seen also is that there are, uh, and you know that I'm, I, I mean, I've done fitness all my life. I'm into it. I love it, except, et cetera. But I feel that it should not be a way to achieve a certain look or to mm. prevent aging. Yes. I think it should be something that one does because it's enjoyable. Or yeah. I mean, for me, it's enjoyable. I know not for most people, but it's a way of life. So when I'm out there, you know, doing yoga or whatever, going running, it's usually because I need a release. It's mm-hmm. because I need to feel better and it's not because I want to have a certain look. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, that's a losing proposition in my opinion because you're always For going sure. to be trying to beat the clock the fast. I mean, aging starts showing up at some point so fast and they tell me like friends I have that say, wait till you're 10 years older and, and just kind of accelerates. And if you're exercising and doing certain things to beat aging, you're just going to feel like a loser. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's know, an exercise it's, in it's frustration. You for sure. Yes. Obviously, like I still work out and but I need like a longer um, rest time. I need it's, it's not the same as when I was 20. I can't see it's, it's I also injure myself less because I'm more aware of my body. So I don't yeah. push myself as hard as I used to. You know, there's, there's a lot of positive things as well. But again, the, I feel that the whole point of wanting to look good is to feel good and not to have, like in my case, I admire women who have six-pack abs. That's absolutely great. I have a very strong core. I'm probably never going to have six-pack abs. Well, I know I'm not because I'm not going <laughs> to work for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's okay because it's, I'm looking for something different. Yeah, you know, that is so true, because that, that's 100% my experience. Like, you know, a lot of what I mean, I've, I've always been, you know, an avid exerciser into fitness and things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I used to do was based on how can I mold and shape my body until I got sick and then couldn't exercise at all. And now I have such a different appreciation for what my body can do and so grateful for what my body can do. You know, like when I go to the gym and I'm like, oh, look, I can still do a chin up, right? Like, that's amazing. I want to continue to be able to do chin ups, you know, for as long as, you know, I I can. And shifting that focus from what we look like to what we're capable of physically, but also mentally and emotionally, like I think is the shift in perspective that we need. So rather than buying into the diets and the, you know, the fitness plans to keep you young and all of that, like, again, you're fighting, like you just said, you're fighting the uphill battle. Like I will, you know, of, of all the things that I will not as a, if you want to call it influencer, content creator, whatever, I partner with brands. The one thing I will never partner with is diet thing. You know, like right. never, never. I don't believe in diets. I think they're of any kind, really, unless the doctor tells you that if you don't eat this way, you're going to die. Otherwise, I just feel personally, from my personal yeah. experience, that they can set you up for a lot of issues, mental, yeah. emotional, and physical. Yeah. So I will not do that. And um, oh my goodness. And then something that was really, for me also was, I think it was a little bit of a trigger for those photos in the end, is that I saw a fellow 50 plus content creator doing an exercise video on her Instagram. And she said, this exercise is to promote or to help you create a gap between your thighs. I was so shocked. I was like, wait, you were still doing this in our 50s? <laughs> We've already tried when we were teens. And now we're back at trying to have a gap, which is only possible if you have a certain bone structure. Like I don't have a gap and I'm pretty thin. So I, to have one, which I did try when I was younger, I had to be like, like I was almost dying. Because I was yeah. So then <laughs> so sick. So I was like, wait a minute. There are still women telling you that you should have a thigh gap. That is so messed up. That I yeah. think that's what prompted me to think, you know what? It's okay if we don't have a thigh gap. It's okay if, if everything's sagging. It's okay if everything's sagging and you exercise every day. That doesn't mean you have to exercise more. It yeah. just means you have to, for me, but I have to accept. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to be, you know, exercising all day, every day and watching everything I eat. And, you know, just, it's, it's, it's just like, why? And then again, I've lost so many friends to cancer that, Sometimes, like the, the day that I posted the first photo recently, I thought of my friend Belinda, who will not be my age. And, yeah. and you know, that, that's like, what would Belinda do? Is what yeah. I asked myself. And I'm like, she would want to be able to show this photo. So Yeah, it's so true. I mean, my mother died at like two years older than I am now. Mm-hmm. And like, that is like, 
emblazoned in my brain that like, we don't know how long we're going to be on this planet. Like we really don't. And like, like my mother didn't know two years before she died that she was going to die. And like, I think about that, like, how would I live my life differently if I knew that I only had two years left? Right. It's very, and you know, you would not be obsessed about thigh gaps or, or not eating that slice of pizza or worried about wrinkles. You'd be out living the hell out of your life. Right. Yeah. 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 So can you tell me a little bit about how, or did, I guess the question is, did or how did menopause impact body image for you? Or did it, I guess? I don't know. I think it was more than menopause. I think it was not really menopause itself. I did have a lot of like really bad symptoms in the sense mm-hmm. that like moodiness and I had sweats and I had extreme like crushing fatigue. Like you cannot peel yourself yeah. off of the bed from one that. minute to the next. <laughs> Creepy that. crawly skin, vertigo. I couldn't see well when I was driving at night. Like all these things, that mental fog. I mean, that oh, was yeah. really bad. It was like, I thought that was gone with pregnancies. You know, well, here we go again. And <laughs> so, oh, intolerance to alcohol in my case, which I guess could be good. Oh, yeah, but that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe not because I could have like a beer at night and then I knew that was going to be all night sweating and waking up and having hot flashes. And- yep. But the point of all that was more that after all that was kind of a little bit kind of done with, it was really the realization that the changes physically are coming fast. Mm. And that's kind of it. And so, again, I didn't want to be hiding. Like, I didn't want to be missing out on life because I wanted to hide. Right. Right. It's like so many women have written to me saying that now they've worn the shorts and the husband said, Hey, you look great. Yeah. Like, wow, I didn't even think of this. And so it's it's a little bit of regaining that power that I kind of let again aging take away from me or the perception of, oh, they're gonna why if I mean if we think of it rationally, why would I even care if somebody thought I am less than because I'm older? That makes no sense. Yeah. But no, we all go through this, you yeah. know, it's like, we all say like, oh, in pregnancy, nobody told me, blah, blah, blah. Usually people told you, but you just weren't listening because you weren't pregnant. Right. And the same <laughs> thing happens with menopause. Normally people have told you, but you weren't listening because you didn't have menopause. And that is the way it has to be. Yeah. But then you're aging and you're like, wait, nobody told me. And they're like, no, they told me. I just wasn't listening because I wasn't yeah. yeah, a lot of that is true. But I think also too, there isn't, wasn't a lot of conversation about it. I think there's more now than there ever used to be. You know, and I think too, also like, a lot of our culture is, you know, women have been praised for the way they look and what they do for other people. Like those are kind of the two areas or, and, and their ability to produce children, right? Like that's their yeah. sense of value. Yeah. So when all of a sudden now you're no longer producing children and you don't look the way that you did, it's easy to see why you might start questioning your value and where you fit in, right? If you've never been like really taught that you have power in this world, that you are wise and smart and um, you have all this knowledge and experience. Yeah, but there, I think that's where the point of saying, because I, I have this, I'm lucky or fortunate or I build that fortune, so to speak, of being able to post those pictures and say those mm-hmm. things. A lot of mm-hmm. people might have a job that prevents them from doing that. I right. don't have those things. I don't care. And if, a, you know, I make a living working with brands, if a brand doesn't like what I'm posting, I'm just not going to work with them. And they're not going to work with me, period. If somebody said, we will work with you, but you need to take those photos down, well, I'm not going to work with them. Right need to be myself but this is a privilege 
Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I don't take it for granted. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody wants to do it. And I think that is fine as well. But the fact that, that we can all kind of acknowledge instead of being so scared, because I think that's, here's a, something that I discovered. I have a YouTube channel and there is a video I did a couple of years ago about how I've dealt with fear of aging at any age. And basically it's, you know, feeling stronger, having projects, being involved, having, you know, uh, purpose, etc. You know, the people who leave the comments about fear of aging are not 40, they're not 50, they're not even 30. They're in their late teens and their 20s. Wow. Can you believe this? Like most wow. of them, most of them. I'm not even going to say like a few. No, most of them. And they're finding the video because they're searching for how to deal with fear of aging. Now that is, I think, worrisome wow. in that the is- sense that at our age, yeah, we're dealing with, okay, I don't look like this or like that, but we're not maybe scared stiff. Like I'm not really scared stiff of being 10 years older or, you know, maybe because I practice yoga and I have all, you know, philosophical idea of aging as well. But, you know, I feel that we have this responsibility to show the younger generations that it's not so awful to yeah. age. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, the other part, and you just touched on it briefly, was having a philosophical or spiritual view of aging as well mm-hmm. too is really important because if you can't see it in some kind of broader context, right? Then you're kind of like, okay, like what is, what is my purpose on this planet? Like, you know, I just shrivel up and I call it, crawl into a corner and I die when, you know, there is so much more to it than that. Right. And, and like you said, part of that is stepping into the role of leader to show the other generations, like what it's all about and how to do it. I mean, they'll have their own different challenges and stuff like that when they come to it, but yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that we complain, and I started saying that when I wrote my first book, that we say society does this, society does that. But mm-hmm. I'm society too. I'm a part mm-hmm. of it. So 100%. if I allow myself be to buy into the idea of, you know, well, it's terrible to age, let's, you know, shut up about how old we are and let's try to pretend we're not that age and all that. Yeah. I'm being a part of it myself. And I have indulged in self-ageism as well, which I think that a lot of us might do here yes. and there. Yes. Um, I remember, I'll tell you, it's, it's a very, very simple thing that happened to me, but I was appalled at myself. It was a couple of years ago and I was signing my kids up to boxing lessons and the young man who was signing us up, so he gave me the phone for a minute to type in the kids' names. And I typed with two thumbs, which I do have texting thumb on this one lately. So I type with two thumbs. I'm, you know, I, I make a living online. And I let him take the phone from me to fill out the information himself. And then I felt that was really stupid because I just let him think that I can't do it. And I allowed, I bought into the, yeah, just do it for me. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's oh, fine, yeah. You know? And then I was like, no, I can actually do it myself, you know? And so I think that, that a lot of times we allow ourselves to believe certain things. And, you know, the, this, new, this new challenge that I have of holding a freestanding without the wall handstand by age 60, which I think I'll accomplish sooner, but it's only because I want to keep on striving for goals that most Mm -hmm. people would think, you know, let alone at 40, maybe some people wouldn't do it. So I recently taught like two weeks ago, the first in person thing I've done in a long time, I taught an advanced yoga pose class to a future yoga teachers. Half of them were in their 50s. One of them was 77 and half of them were under 30. And the physical capabilities of all of them were independent of their age, really. So I thought that was very interesting, too. And, 
you know, there was this one young girl, 20 some, and she's like, man, I want to be like you when I'm 50 some. <laughs> she's like, but if we show them, you know, that 50, 60, 70, et cetera, doesn't mean that you don't have, my dad is 80 and he has a number of health issues that he's still battling. And he goes to the gym in Spain with his mask, you know, he's good for him. It's, you can't stop, but he also challenges himself intellectually. He's a, a writer, a lexicographer. He, he works with words and, and writes a blog post every day, has his Instagram account, tweets, and he's 81. And most people would think of that age and think, oh, that's probably some shriveled up person who is not online, yeah. not with it. And he's more with it than, you know, on social media than a lot of younger people. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I think too, you know, our limitations of age are really only how we think about them. Like we create the whatever the limitations is. So we have two choices. We can look at, you know, all of the things that we are supposedly losing at this particular time in our life, or we can think about all of the the goals and like you said, challenges and things that we're going to go forward. And how we think about our own ability is how we'll, we'll determine how we age. For sure, because we are creating our own reality. And I'm, you know, the same thing with my dad. Like, my dad is on it. Like, he's 85 and he's probably more on it than me most days, right? Like, he's mentally there. But yet, you know, I accompanied him to a doctor's appointment a little while ago and the nurse was asking me questions. And I looked at her and I said, Wait, you, you need to be asking him. Like, he's the patient, right? Yeah. But she automatically made this assumption that I am there to answer his questions. I'm like, No, no, he's completely with it, like more with it than I am. You can ask him the questions, right? But yeah, it's this, the whole, we have a societal notion of what age is and it's up to us to either believe that or to not, to take something different from it and, and change. So that. talking about dads, my dad, when he went to the doctor at some point, he goes by himself and in Spain and the doctor said, well, who take, helps you take your pills? He's like, what do you mean who helps me? <laughs> He's like, I take them. <laughs> Yeah. And then he wrote the post uh, without me asking him, which is interesting because he's always been, you know, he didn't never wanted to talk about his age before. And he wrote a post about how he does not feel old at 81. And he has had a quadruple coronary bypass. He has polymyalgia, which is terrifying. And what is it? Uh, Cardiac insufficiency and some other stuff. So anyway, it's not like he's like, whoa, nothing's going on. But he still says, I you know, he does not feel like an old person, like over, like this right. is it. Like I'm yeah. done intellectually and I don't have dreams and goals and all that. And I think that is something that we, like, I, I don't feel aimless. I don't feel, I'm I, I'm almost 57 and I don't feel I've peaked yet. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, feel the same. <laughs> I have not, it's, it's you know, and I, and I feel that a lot of people that I knew when I was at, not a lot, but some people that I knew when I was a young person at school, and they were like the best and this and that and the other, they went on to lead lives that were for them mediocre. And they were questioning like, what, how am I in this pointless life situation now? Yeah. And it's very sad to see. And on the other hand, I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm not even... You know, my husband is also a creative and he has really good news that we can't share yet, but it's, it has to do with his writing. And neither of us feels we're both in our later fifties and we have all this stuff that we still want to do and projects. And I think that is what keeps somebody young mentally and emotionally and all that. Yeah, yeah. That, That is so true. Again, it's all about how we think about it. And like you said before, it's like, having a purpose, you know, waking up to something that you're excited about every day, you know, doing something mm-hmm. that you love, you know, being able to accomplish things that you didn't think you could is keeps you oh, going. It keeps you that motivated. Is the best. Yeah. That is, I realized that when, you know, it was, I've always made a living typing. 
So writing, translating, et cetera. But so I didn't know how to type. Like I didn't know how to touch type. Right. And so I would, oh, I learned when I was 36. And the transition was really hard because I had to work and I had to type fast. And the only way I knew how was looking and looking at the keys and all that. I right. thought to myself, I can't keep on doing this. But I could have said, no, let me, and I could still be 57 and not knowing how to type. But I taught myself in the middle of having to work. And now I touch type like I always did it. Right. Like I don't look at the keyboard ever. And, yeah. But I, I'm like, wow, I learned that at an age where most people would not feel they could learn it from, you know, scratch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how was um, the overall, I mean, I saw a lot of the comments that people posted on your pictures, like, and I know you did a few different posts on um, aging and aging bodies. Like, how was the overall response? Was there any negative response to it? I mean, it looked like it was all positive to me. (laughs) Yeah, there's always. It's funny because also when, of course, you get all this this great uh, feedback and you fixate on that one thing that one person <laughs> yeah, said because <laughs> maybe they were having a bad day. Of course. Well, no, the, the one negative, not, not exactly negative, but the one thing this one person said, uh, she said, I'm seeing a, a lot, I don't know what a lot means, but of older women posting what they think are unflattering photos of themselves. And I don't understand why. And I said, well, I cannot speak for why other people are doing it. This is why I'm doing it because I want to accept myself. And if I don't show my truth, you know, when I've gone to 12 step meetings, they say, you're only as sick as your secrets. And if yeah. I feel I have a secret with this, it's going to eat away at my soul. So this is why I'm sharing yeah. it. And I'm sure I'm not the only person out there. And also I would never want to be the reason why somebody else feels like crap because they see my beautiful pictures and they think that's how I look every day when I wake up in the morning and I'm in a ball gown and looking beautiful. (laughs) Of course, that's not the truth. That is the truth for that moment, but that's it. So she said to me, well, just for perspective, Marianne Williamson or whoever said that, you know, you don't need to dim your light to Mm -hmm. uh, why dim your light. And I felt, you know what? I'm not dimming my light. On the contrary, I felt like I took this huge weight off of myself. Yeah, And by discussing that and by discussing mental health and that I take meds and that this and that and the other, every step I, I take in that direction, I feel way more liberated. Like there is nothing anybody could say to make me feel bad. And by the way, I was also mentioning that in the post that if anybody had a friend that said, well, I can't be friends with you because of your wrinkles, you know, that would have <laughs> Yeah, that's so <laughs> true, that right? happened to you that somebody said, oh, you know, you have this sagging neck. I don't think we could be friends anymore. And if they yeah. did that, that would be absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And I know. Don't want to You'd be, be friends like, with them. Bye-bye. So, yeah. yeah. So how would you, so coming from the place that you've come from, you know, dealing with body image for a good chunk of your life, like what, if a woman is right now struggling with her body image around aging or just in general, because I mean, we all have our things, mm-hmm. what is the kind of the yeah, one or two yeah, pieces yeah. of advice would you give them about, helping to come to acceptance of what and who you are? So one of them would be, again, to focus on something that is way beyond your physical body. Yoga, meditations, this kind of thing has, and and finding and having a purpose in life has definitely expanded my vision of Mm -hmm. what it is to be a person. It's not just a body. And that is definitely something I would, Mm -hmm. you know, even for my daughters, I've never said, hey, you look great. It's like, hey, it looks like you feel great. Mm-hmm. No, that, that is something yeah. I try to always correct. Even when people tell me on my pictures, hey, you look great. I like to turn around and say, I feel good. This is exactly what I prefer. So to focus on feeling good, 
feeling good. And what has helped me is like ground myself and make friends with my body. The more I avoided it, because when I was, you know, yes. in the middle of my eating disorder, when I was young, the more I tried to hide it from myself, the I felt disconnected from it. So this feeling yes. of embodiment, like when you're mm. fully in your body, like even that's why I started doing yoga in the bikini and, and looking at it and gardening in the bikini instead of hiding my body. If I hide it, or not hide it, if I put clothes on, it's because I want to. Right. It's not so I don't have to see myself. And now it's interesting because my both my daughters are pretty fine walking around in whatever mode in the house. And of course, we have visitors not. But so the point is, if you're comfortable in your body and you can walk around naked in front of yourself, you know, and learn to like touch yourself and, and apply creams and do certain things for you, then it just becomes, it stops feeling like it's your enemy. Yes. Oh, I love it's like that. You are this person. It, I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense. You're but making perfect it's sense. It's like feeling that again, you know, and it, it doesn't have to look like that for everybody. I think it's different for each person. But again, being there for me and being okay with, okay, my, my, I remember when I was being very young, if my legs rubbed together, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't. I, I, it, no, I, I would hate that feeling. It was disgusting to me. I would recoil from my, you know, that, so I would cover up and, and make sure nothing was yeah. showing and all that. And then I was like, no, if we start to, you know, really take care of it and you're taking care of your outside, but you're taking care of the whole package in and out. And you're not saying, I'm not focusing, how would I explain this? I'm trying not to think, like now I have to post only that kind of photo. Right. right? And only right. photos of my flaws. No, we're the whole package. Like someone said to me, you're fluid. So in person, she said, you probably look better because they're moving and you're, nothing is static. Nothing is one right. photo. It's taking into account all of that and realizing I can be in my body and love it because it's housing the, well, it's like, you know, the body is a temple of the soul. So yeah, 100%. Realizing that's what it really is. Yeah, that's, and I love, yeah, I love, I love, love, love that so much about, you know, um, embodiment and like really like exposing your body to yourself, like not making it be a secret because I know in my own experience, like when I was at my fittest and what I would have considered my, and I'm doing this in air quotes, best body, I had the worst body image possible. It took gaining 30 pounds from my illness to actually teach me to love my body. And I would stand in front of the mirror and I would literally say, belly, I love you, (laughs) you know, arms, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I learned to love my body 30 pounds heavier, which for me, like coming from where I was coming from was like mind blowing. Because when I was, again, Mm -hmm. like what I was going to say, my best body, I was at my worst um, body image, had my worst body image Mm -hmm. issues. So I love what you just said about embodying, um, like really embodying love for all the parts of you and for what they can do versus what they look like that's beautiful beautiful also i do want to do an aside is that that doesn't mean that i am doing this day in day out like this it's not like oh i have it all together now this is smooth sailing from here no it's you know i'm saying this but then maybe i'll go and you know i have to do a couple of videos today and maybe i'll see a picture where i have these bags under my eyes i'm like where did that come from and then I have to make friends with those. And, you know, and yeah, then, if, if so only it was that easy, a, right? <laughs> right. No, it's a daily, it's a, it's a practice and possibly till the day I die, you know. It's, it's, yeah. But I don't want to live like, I remember my grandmother had a beautiful photo of herself when she was young, where she felt she was her most beautiful and she had it 
by where she was. Of course, she was, you know, in hundreds. I mean, who gets there? And somebody came into the living room in Spain and they said, who's that beautiful woman? And she said, that, that's me. And they were like, what? So my grandmother loved to say, when I was young, I was beautiful. When I was young, I was beautiful. I, it was like this thing she kept having to say. And I don't want to be that person either. Mm. I want to feel I'm beautiful then and I'm beautiful now. I read a quote the other day, which was, could be true, could not be true, but it was a meme uh, going around and it said, an 80-year-old, I think something like that, said, before I was young and beautiful. Now at 80, I'm just beautiful. Oh, I've seen that. Yes, I love that. So why not? I why thought, not? Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not? Let's change the standard of what is beautiful. It's not fit into a box. Beauty comes in all different shapes and sizes and ages. And yeah. And if we can all see ourselves that way, just imagine how, how different the world would be. And how many people mm-hmm. wouldn't make money on diets and aging yes, this that and is, that. Well, yeah. this is the thing that if we keep feeding that machine, you know, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. But it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard. And, you know, there's a fine line between be, between wanting to feel your best and look your best and, and ask yourself, am I going too far? You know, like, yeah. But I think you can love your body and still like, for example, like if you look in my bathroom cabinet right now, I'm like, yeah, there's a couple of anti-aging serums in there. Right. Like, but I do that because whatever, that makes me feel good. Does it make my skin different? Exactly. I don't know, but it makes me right. feel good. And I honestly believe that everybody should do what makes them feel good. But at the same time, you can still love whatever body you're in while you're doing that. Exactly. Like yeah. I like to do my nails. My nails are acrylic and I've done it for a long time. And you know, it, it makes me happy to look at them. And, and yeah, but I say that they're acrylic. It's not like I'm hiding it, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's very personal. Like whatever floats your boat, that's what you should do. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a choice to do whatever they need to do to feel good. So, so thank you very much for this conversation. It was a fantastic conversation. So for everybody listening, go to Instagram and check out, and what's your handle on Instagram? Is it Lorraine Cladish? It's Lorraine C. Laddish. Oh, yeah. Lorraine C. Laddish. Lorraine Sorry, yeah. C. Laddish. Lorraine C. Laddish. Okay. Go okay. check Everybody out her. Everybody thinks it's, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Um, go check out her Instagram feed. Um, some beautiful, beautiful photos and amazing messaging around, well, mental health, which is another great topic that you talk about, but also body image and age. Um, and also, is it Viva50.com? Yes, Viva50. Yeah. And the Flaudio Guinea. Oh, and the, okay. And the fly. You I have another one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not busy enough. So I have three. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. So go check her out. Yeah. It's inspiring. It's very inspiring. So thanks so much for spending this time with me, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 